listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today we have an iron ladle challenge, which is super exciting. I love these because, well, this is just a very personal reason. They always force me out of my comfort zone. And since I have a very small palette of foods that I cook with anyway, this is always an exciting time where I actually get to look up new recipes and find new foods. And once again, I found something that I'm pretty sure I'm going to be making again and again and may even be buying a certain tool in order to make them again. So I know this is very exciting for me. So um, no, not a salad shooter, although they're so loud. Close. Maybe. Erin, take it away. What are we doing today? Well, we're doing the iron ladle with zucchini. So we're each gonna we're each gonna take a different approach to this classic ingredient of late summer. (laughs) Now, many of you who are listening might actually either grow your own zucchini. I know Rachel longs to do that Mm -hmm. maybe next year. I had to buy zucchini for this, and I'm so angry about this. <laughs> yeah. That is annoying. One should never have to buy zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you might. Not in July. Well, Not in July. That's right. That's right. Some of you might have coworkers who bring some of their garden bounty and leave it on the desk at work or maybe at church. Some of you may have to keep your windows rolled up during the Sunday service or you'll find zucchini on your front seat. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a very specific personal story, Rachel. (laughs) Sounds like that happened to someone. (laughs) Sounds like you test. Just saying. (laughs) <laughs> zucchini in every car that has an well, open I mean, window. So my, my dad had a garden once when I was, I think I was in either high school or college. He gardened for a couple of summers and there was, I think it was college. And there was this, one of the summers where zucchini was coming out of every yeah. corner and crevasse. And mm. like, just so like, of course, I would not be surprised. Like if somebody would just resort to throwing zucchinis into open car windows like that's i mean desperate (laughs) times call for desperate measures right so and i think that's part of that's part of the the objective for today is how to use up all of that yeah zucchini because Mm -hmm. zucchini is one of if you're looking to get into gardening zucchini is one of the easiest and most satisfying things to grow they (laughs) they tend to be very low maintenance and high yield but then they can get out of hand really quickly because you know, you can go one day you've got a zucchini on there about the size of your thumb, the next day it's the size <laughs> of your forearm, and then you get a good rainstorm and it's the size of your thigh. And I'm a pear-shaped woman, <laughs> so I don't say that lightly. <laughs> that you can end up with way more zucchini than is easy to use up. So you need yeah. a lot of recipes, and that's what this Iron Ladle Challenge yes. is about. And I think once again, we have managed without a lot of effort on our part to come up with basically a four course meal or alternatively a breakfast, lunch and appetizer maybe Mm. with a snack thrown in. I mean, you've got options with what we chose to chose to prepare. Yeah. So what order do we want to go in this time? Because we are not all together. So none of us are going to be eating somebody else's food at the same time that we are discussing it sadness so anybody need to go first because theirs is at optimal temperature even now (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. At this, no, at this point, no. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, we uh, had 45 minutes of technical yeah. difficulties before we started recording, so nobody's food is hot right now. That's true. Mine while it was still hot, but that you know that. You know what? I will. I will go first. Okay. Okay. This we'll start. Kind of, this is kind yes. of a curveball. Oh boy! It's so delicious. as we were selecting what we were going to make for this episode, there was a little bit of I don't know if miscommunication is the right word, but I went out and I got a bunch of stuff to make zucchini bread because. We knew that that was one of the items that we wanted to present and nobody had really claimed it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just, I'll go do it. Yeah. It wasn't going to be any old zucchini bread. It was going to have chocolate chips in it. You already know. Mm. It's me. But I actually used my zucchini for something that is much quicker and doesn't require my oven to be on for Mm. 75 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. In this True. summer. Uh-huh. So when I found out that Aaron was like, oh, I got zucchini bread stuff. I was like, OK, I'll figure something else out. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. My mm-hmm. house. So this is this dish that. is sort of an homage to my Italian background and on my mom's side and then the Jewish background on my father's side of the family. Ooh. Okay. So what I have for you here today, chefs, is. What I would call either a zucchini fritter or a zucchini pancake. Mm-hmm. And I think zucchini pancake because it is very, the preparation is very much like a latka or yes. potato pancake, which are really popular on Jewish holidays. But instead of potatoes, obviously you're using, um, you're using zucchini to provide that, that oomph to it, that bulk to it. So mm-hmm. I actually found. It is a tremendously easy recipe. One recipe yields enough for about a family of four, maybe family of six. And you probably have all of these ingredients in your pantry anyway. I will share the I'll share the recipe link in the show notes. But basically, this is from justataste.com, five ingredient zucchini fritters. Let me explain my process to you. So the recipe calls for four cups of grated zucchini. In my experience last night, that was about two large whole zucchini is what I is what it ended up being. So you take the time to grate all that. Try not to lose a finger. You know. Yeah. yeah. And then this next part, you cannot skip this next part because you're going to be deep frying, quote unquote, deep frying these. And when you're deep frying something, Moisture content is going to make the oils splatter everywhere, and it's just going to be a nightmare. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your four cups of grated zucchini, put it in a paper towel-lined colander, and basically sprinkle some salt in it to get the juices flowing out. Mm -hmm. And then you can put like a a heavy bowl on top of that to squeeze the extra moisture content out of the zucchini. And so you let it sit there for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. and it will take out the requisite amount of moisture, I would say, necessary to not cause a culinary disaster Mm -hmm. in your kitchen. So once you have your four cups of zucchini drained and moisture is is sucked out of it, you put it in a large mixing bowl with two-thirds of a cup of flour, two eggs slightly beaten, salt and pepper. 
in the recipe that I took this from, they call for scallions, I think, but I did not. I don't have scallions on me and I'm sure it would be delicious, but I just skipped that part. I think it maybe had a little extra zucchini to make up for that. Uh So salt and pepper to taste really is what I interpret that measurement as. I think it was like a quarter of a tablespoon. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. So you get it all incorporated in a bowl. You mix it up together. It's not going to really seem, it's not going to seem too wet. It's also not going to seem too dry, at least in my experience. It should just be a good, like, pretty much homogenous mixture. It just, it seems like a good Mm -hmm. zucchini to dry ingredient to egg ratio. Okay. Once you have your batter established, you get a, a shallow frying pan and you put, you line it with olive oil on the bottom over medium heat. And then once the oil comes up to temperature, you take a third of a third of a cup scoop and you portion it onto the frying pan. You mm-hmm. kind of have to flatten it a little bit because that by that point it's it's going to be like dome shaped. And so you want to flatten it a little bit. Brown it on one side for about two to three minutes. I am not a patient person. And so <laughs> the, first one that I, the first go was a a nightmare like don't get me wrong it was delicious when all was said and done but it was yeah it was not a zucchini pancake it was just like it was nonsense so <laughs> patience is one thing and then control temperature control of your oil is another key thing so mm-hmm. as mm. long as you keep your eye on the time you'll be able to see a brown around the around the bottom so you can sort of get an idea of how quickly it's cooking on the bottom if you have to adjust your heat to that. But basically, on your first side, it's going to be two to three minutes. And then you flip, cook it on the other side for another two minutes, take it off the burner, put it on a paper towel-lined plate, sprinkle it with some salt. These bad boys are the best, like, right out of the fryer, mm-hmm. as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. I did give one to Aaron to go to work with today to eat and i had her i admonished her to eat hers reheated yes Um, i zapped mine in the in the microwave for a couple of minutes and it i mean it's not it's not the same but i think it's a very it's it's sort of an easy and accessible take i think for using all that zucchini that you have yeah i love it and i will say it was delicious i reheated it so i was at work and i decided I would warm it in the microwave to take the the cold off of it. Mm-hmm. But then I would use we have this little pizza oven, sort of like sort of like a toaster oven. And so I would put it in there because microwaves are the enemy of crispness. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. But I thought so I thought I'll I'll warm it in the microwave, but then I'll give it that crispiness back and it worked. So if you do have to reheat them, if you have a toaster oven or a regular oven, or even just a pan, that would be another way to reheat them. But I'm sure you're right, Brie, that they are absolutely going to be the best fresh out of the pan the first time. Um, and the recipe does, it calls for s- to serve with sour cream and applesauce, which is, is sort of another latka uh-huh. thing. But as somebody who was eating fried zucchini about as young as I can remember, marinara sauce would be another yeah. fine. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, that's that would also be good because the way you describe it reminds me not just of a latke, but of the Swiss sort of potato rushti, which mm-hmm. we like to shredded potatoes, 
basically leave all the starch in and fry it in a pan. I feel like you could do that with zucchini and egg and flour like you described it, make a roshti and then serve it with an over easy egg on top for a wonderful breakfast. That would be very tasty. That would be. That sounds delicious. I heat them in the waffle iron too. I just had that thought. (laughs) And a lot lower carb than potatoes. For sure. Definitely less starchy. Yeah, well, I will say it is a winner of a use of this ingredient. You, that's a winning way to do it. Very tasty. Mm. Thank you. Tasty. So, and actually, Sarah, I was sort of thinking about this on the way on the way to the studio. Like, I almost wonder if you could do. Can you eat chia seeds? No, eggs are probably safer than chia. Quite honestly, oh. as oh, I well, did you look eat eggs. Oh well, I'm I'm not right now. So, because I actually oh. looked at that recipe too, and I love. Oh, just like the thought of mm-hmm. zucchini mm-hmm. pancakes makes my <laughs> mouth water. Mm-hmm. Nom, nom. But I didn't because I'm not currently eating eggs. Okay. However, okay. if if I can eat eggs, I would. Okay. I will absolutely yeah. be making those. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, what did you prepare, Sarah? So I have the snack for us today. Yeah. Zucchini is absolutely one of my staple foods. I eat a boatload of it every week. It's so delicious. And it mixes in well with so many different foods. So I had to come up with something new because doing a, a recipe that I already do every day is kind of boring. Mm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. so I looked through a whole bunch of recipes and most of them use ingredients that I couldn't eat except for zucchini chips, which is something I had never thought of mm-hmm. before. This was a new thing in my life. So I was like, you know what? This is easy. And I'm... <laughs> I'm recovering from COVID right now, so you can probably hear that in my voice. Um, and I was like, I have like zero energy. So a recipe mm. that literally involves chopping things up and oil of salt and peppering them and putting them in the oven sounds perfect right now, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I actually tried two different recipes for this to kind of give it a comparison. Uh-huh. One of them was a slower, lower oven, and one of them was a hotter, faster oven. I was curious how they would do differently. So I actually did both of them this morning. One of them was at a 235, which is a weird oven temperature, but 235. Huh, okay. <laughs> I know. For about an hour and a half to two hours. That's and then like not baking, that's dehydrating. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's what that is. Yeah, it is. Huh. And then the other one was 425 oh. for about 30 minutes. So very okay. opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure I found another one that you could do in a dehydrator or like as low as your oven will go, but I didn't have enough time for that by the time I got around to it this morning. So okay. <laughs> the process for either of them is exactly the same. Like Bree said, you do also have to dry these. One of them mentioned salting them and rinsing them, kind of like how you did for the latkes. Mm. I did the squish them between paper towels method. <laughs> so like literally laying a paper towel. Oh, you have to slice them in rounds first. Sorry, I forgot okay. that part. <laughs> slice them in rounds. <laughs> kind of important. Slicing them in rounds first. I think I may have sliced them a little bit too thin. And pro tip, we are going to be buying a mandolin slicer oh, because yeah. we're making these again. <laughs> Slicing thin by hand is impossible so um not an option yeah i did it but it didn't it didn't work very well um slicing them pretty thin and then just like laying them on a paper towel and smushing them in between paper towels it takes a couple i did realize since i did this in two batches if you literally just like let them sit on the countertop for a little while it kind of gets you the same effect because they just kind of evaporate so i might just do that next time because it's a lot easier (laughs) takes a little longer but (laughs) zero effort which i like (laughs) 
And then on parchment paper, you just spray oil the parchment paper, put the zucchini on, spray oil on top of the zucchini. And then I just did salt and pepper because that's all I can do. They suggested like paprika or, Mm. oh, I don't remember what else it was. Not cumin, cayenne, I don't know. Other spices, whatever you like. Um, Some of them also use Parmesan, which would be amazing. Mm. And then the one recipe was just 235 for an hour and a half. At that point, most of them were done. A few of them, probably the thicker ones, needed a little bit longer, which I would have done had I had more time. Mm. But I really like the consistency of the longer ones. Some of them got did get a little rubbery, which I kind of thought would happen, but it was okay. And then we did the second batch prepped the same way. So that one, you do the 425 oven, but you you do have to flip them halfway. Otherwise, they'll like okay. burn. And we actually, we left them in probably about five minutes too long. And that might be an our oven thing, but mm-hmm. they got, mm-hmm. some of them turned completely toasty, toasted, uh, aka like brown and <laughs> yeah, not, not would, quite like. I would eat those. I know. Oh, I would yes. eat the heck out of that. We'll yeah. Not quite burnt to the point of crumbling, but very close. <laughs> so. Yeah. These are, so they, it's a single layer, right? Yes, a single layer. Okay. okay. Got it. Yeah. So I think I like the the faster, hotter oven ones a little bit better. That's mm-hmm. typically how we roast stuff anyway, though. We, we usually crank the oven up to 400 and roast everything that way anyway. And it's just a lot faster, which yeah. I like. Yeah. So I have a little bit of both, but I think the the faster, hotter oven ones did turn out just in general a lot crispier. So also pro tip, don't when it says to salt and pepper like gently, I need to actually follow that. I, I salt my food a lot. <laughs> so I salted the first batch about as much as like I normally do. They were way over salted. So. You assaulted the first batch. <laughs> I did. Whoopsie. <laughs> Um, still gonna eat them because I love I love the Celtic salt I use. It tastes uh-huh. really good, but it was a it was a little bit too much. Yes, but I will absolutely be making these again. One thing I really miss with my with my uh, small palette of foods, I don't have a lot of crunchy stuff in my life. Oh yeah, so being able to make vegetable chips mm-hmm. um, like potato, obviously, but I never thought about zucchini. So having a variety of yeah. different vegetable chips I can make really easily. Nice is amazing i will absolutely be making these again with a mandolin slicer so it's a lot faster and oh, more consistent. squashes of all kinds yeah. probably i'm squash? sure you could do yeah. like <gasps> butternut squash oh, chips yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right yeah so there you go i love them they're delicious fantastic they sound excellent oh do you want me to crunch one yes yes we do you ready for this let's see if it'll work <laughs> i don't think i'm ready oh delicious that's a good crunch. That is a good crunch. That makes my mouth water. <laughs> if my husband is listening to this, I'm so sorry. You put a warning at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> crunching noises ahead. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I think I need to go next because yeah. one must always eat one's dinner before one's dessert. Absolutely. Aha. But first, though, I have to give a shout out to two other recipes, one in particular that I really love. Super easy summertime barbecue thing that I didn't do because it's raining here in Connecticut today. So I needed something Mm. stovetop-y. Zucchini boats are delicious. Mm. Um, I love them. Look up recipes. They're just stunning. But barbecued zucchini has got to be like my favorite thing where you just take one of those giant thigh-sized garden zucchinis and you slice it into like slabs 
thin, like a thin steak. Yeah, about half inch thick slabs of mm-hmm. zucchini of whatever size Delicious. you like. And then I stick them in a Tupperware with base. So simple, either a balsamic or an Italian dressing for like, okay. you know, the half hour while I'm getting the rest of the grill meat ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then they go on the grill just like that. Turn them once. They should be nice and brown or even black and bubbly on, on each side. <laughs> and they are just one of those tastes of summer that mm. goes with every cookout mm. meal. Yep. And so delicious. But that's not what I made today because, again, okay. it's raining. Could not yeah. fire up the grill. That's also, sad. I'm a little low on Garden Fresh thigh-sized zucchini right now. Mm. <laughs> um, so what I made instead is the semi-classic... It was actually only invented in like the 1870s. So anyway, semi-classic French dish, ratatouille, made famous by Disney. Probably not. Made popular by a cartoon mouse. Rat. Cartoon rat. (laughs) Rat. I'm just kidding. Sorry, rat. Sorry. But it's a a delicious comfort food for me. Not one that is probably familiar to a whole lot of German or Scandinavian Lutherans because there aren't a whole lot of French Lutherans out there. But worth doing because you can use up a whole lot of fresh garden vegetables in a fairly short amount of time. So this is basically vegetable stew with herbs. It is made usually involving tomato, garlic, onion, zucchini, eggplant, bell pepper, and fresh herbs. Okay. I did not have eggplant because I went to two different stores yesterday and not one of them had a single eggplant in stock. So I Mm. said, forget it. I'm just working with what I have. So (laughs) what I used was beefsteak tomatoes, store-bought, unfortunately, Mm. minced Mm. garlic, onion, zucchini, yellow squash, bell pepper. And so what you want to do is you want to cut up these wonderful vegetables, keep them separate. You can do it one pot all at once, but most of the traditional recipes say cut them up into one-inch cubes, and then before you do anything else with them, take the time to saute them each in olive oil. The goal is that they will each maintain their own individual characters while also blending their flavors and textures with the other things in the pot. So you take your squash, your eggplant, if you have it, lucky thing, And you fry each of these or saute each of these up individually for about eight minutes and then stick them in a casserole pot. I just used a large saucepan to wait while you do the other vegetables. The onions and peppers you can do together. The tomatoes, uh, you want to peel those and seed them. So I found it simplest to sort of blanch them for or parboil. What do you call it when you just stick them in boiling water for a minute? Blanch. Blanch. Okay. Yeah, that's what I did. That made the peeling very easy. And then I just scooped the seeds out and put them. Do not fry the tomatoes beforehand. Just stick them in the pot. Quantities on this. I used two smallish squash, two smallish zucchinis, two largish tomatoes, one onion, one large green pepper. And then you put them all in the pot. You know what? I should actually read my actual recipe. I started with a classic PBS recipe from... Chef Lydia, uh, in collaboration with Jacques Pepin, celebrating the day. But then I had to make it smaller for me, so the quantities are a little different. And of course, no eggplant. So, into the pot went all these vegetables, plus it said to use five to six cloves of garlic. 
I very rarely peel, crush, and chop my own garlic. So I used one teaspoon of pre-minced garlic. I used half a cup of water, one teaspoon of salt, a generous crushed black pepper. I did, the one thing I'm growing right now that I can actually use is herbs. So I used two sprigs of fresh thyme, one giant basil leaf, and then from my cupboard pulled out a bay leaf, half a teaspoon of herbe de Provence, and then Jacques Pepin didn't mention anything about this, but I saw it in a different recipe that I compared it to. I added a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar just to give it a little bit of of punch. Had mm-hmm. I had dry white wine, I would have probably used that instead. And that's the that's one small change I might make to this recipe in the future. But I don't keep a whole lot of wine around now that I'm not drinking it very much. So that's a, you know, it's not not one of my standard recipe ingredients at the moment. So, and then a half, did I mention the half cup of water? I think I did. Just a half cup of water is fine. Then you are going to bring this to a low boil and then turn the heat all the way down to low. Put the lid on, let it simmer on low for an hour at least. And then at the very end, turn the heat up for about 20 minutes and cook off some of the liquid. And then all the recipes say you've got to let it rest for at least 30 to 60 minutes before you eat it. Again, this is to allow those vegetables to Mm -hmm. blend their flavors as much as possible because this is a very simple recipe. It's basically just vegetables, herbs, olive oil, salt, and pepper. It's totally vegan for those of you who like vegan eating. It's very low carb, probably very low calorie. The olive oil is the only thing to bring in any, any calories. But oh my goodness, it is so good. And I served it to myself for a late lunch with some toasted... Pane Turano, a.k.a. Fancy Aldi Bread. Mm. <laughs> My fancy Aldi yes. Bread toasted with butter. It was all crusty and delicious. And Whoa. with this wonderful stew of just simple flavors all blended nicely together. This is ultimate peasant food, but it's so good. Mm. So highly recommend, especially if you have a lot of squash and tomatoes and maybe an eggplant that you want to use up in a way that's very probably out of the ordinary for most people listening to this, but it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. So that was my recipe, my ratatouille. That sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just eat quietly in the background here. At least mine isn't crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) Time for Rachel's favorite part. Mm -hmm. Where she can eat herself and eat her third (laughs) helpings is what it is time for. Excellent. No, that that sounds really delicious and super simple. It also sounds like one of those that would even be really good if you if it needs time to rest, it'd probably be just as good the next day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't you could make this and enjoy it for lunch over the course of a few days. I hope so because I kind of think that plan. not one of my children will be eating one bite of this food. So it's all for oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. That brings us to dessert or breakfast, depending on uh, which way you go with it. It would be a very light dessert or a very delicious breakfast. I did go with making the zucchini bread. And I was, because when we were discussing it, we were like, well, that is as far as, I don't know, as far as the Midwest goes, there's no more traditional way to use up zucchini than as zucchini bread. Can I ask a a favor of you, though? Yeah. One of the things that you had mentioned that you were going to potentially make, can you recount that? Because it is the most bizarre (laughs) 
thing yes. I've never heard. Yeah, yeah. So before before I decided to go and do the more traditional option uh, as a nod to our, I don't know, the, the mainstay <laughs> of zucchinis, I was going to do the zucchini pie that my aunt Becky introduced to our family. And it is a it is a relative of a quiche in that it's a you know it's a vegetable pie with an egg sort of an egg base that binds it all together. But included in this, and this is the sort of the, the left field ingredient, right field ingredient? Hmm. Anyway, the unexpected ingredient <laughs> is cashews. Hmm. Yes. Cashews. And <laughs> they they don't stay crunchy. You don't, I don't know, somehow it works. It's delicious, but it is not, it is not the traditional zucchini, uh, zucchini bread. And, and yeah, anyway, another time, another time. I can't wait. Yes. So I instead went with zucchini bread and hmm. there's a lot of zucchini bread recipes out there. Mm-hmm. For you guys are all aware. So I thought before I get into that, I might throw out there for some people who maybe don't do as much baking new things and that sort of thing. I thought I would share my process in how to pick a recipe. So if you aren't familiar with the recipe that you're going to make, then start with a reliable source. So if you if somebody hasn't given you this recipe and said, make this, then find somebody's recipe that everything else that you've made from them always turns out well. So start with your reliable source. Then look at other recipes and compare them to your reliable baseline. And so look at the ratio of ingredients and baking dish size, uh, spices and seasonings, bake time and temp. And sort of look at all of those things and consider which, you know, if you want to make something beyond the one that was your reliable starting point, you could use that to like decide, okay, well, these look very similar, but the maybe the seasonings sound more appealing in this other one. So then go and make the other one, figuring that the, the basics are going to be lining up well. Or maybe you want to adapt something from one of the other recipes and add it to the reliable standby recipe that you're starting from. So when when I'm baking, baking and cooking are very different. Cooking, you have a lot, in my opinion, you have a lot more freedom to <laughs> things and add things and do that sort of on the fly. Baking is a lot more, there's a lot more science in baking. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. So when I'm baking, I'm comfortable in adjusting like the spices and seasonings of something. I might adjust the sugar a little bit, but I don't usually adjust things like flour and eggs and leavening because often those are sort of important. The, the ratio of those things are often important to the finished product. I'm just not a... I'm not an expert enough baker to adjust those things on my own, just on the fly. Some people are, but I am not. So I will adjust those other things, though, as I'm baking something to say that, oh, I, I've, I like cinnamon a lot, so I'm going to increase the cinnamon in this recipe. So I chose to make 
zucchini bread. And one of the ingredients that if I had had it, I totally would have added it. The recipe that I used is from my reliable source. I've talked about it before, Smitten Kitchen. But I didn't start there. I I did start there to look at it, but then I went and I looked at the other recipes. I ended up selecting this one because it had the highest ratio of zucchini to flour. Uh, Ah. (laughs) I'm going to make a zucchini bread. I want it to have a lot of zucchini in it. So it had the highest ratio of that. And also... In general, I've always been happy with with her recipes. And this one, she specifically called out that she was trying to make a a larger loaf, not one of the sort of squatty half size <laughs> loaves. And I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I'm going to make that one. So there was another recipe out there that was actually very similar ratios and everything, but they had you bake it in two pans so you ended up with two loaves instead of one larger loaf. And I was like, well, I want to make one big loaf is what I want. So that's how I ended up settling on this. I did increase the cinnamon because I like cinnamon. I actually might even increase it more in the future. Hmm. But it was good the way it was. I also might actually increase the the sugar in the future. This one called for a half cup each of dark brown sugar and granulated sugar. And I feel like I might want it to be just a little bit sweeter. And I don't, that was actually initially one of the things that I liked about this. I saw some recipes that used essentially the same amount of flour and double the sugar. And I was like, whoa, so sweet. So it was again, part of my selection process. I was like, okay, this has lots of zucchini. It doesn't sound overly sweet, but while this one was delicious, if I were trying to serve this as an actual dessert, I probably would increase the sugar just a little bit. Probably not a lot. Maybe just by, I don't know, I might add like a, a quarter cup extra of one of the sugars or something like that. Can I be straight with you right yeah. now? Because you tried this. This is, I ate yeah. some just now. It's the most perfect zucchini bread I've ever it is, eaten. It Ooh. is really good. And you know that I love you know that I love sugar. So don't okay. you dare okay. think about it. Uh, can I top? And can that- I say yeah that I'm so grateful to you for hand selecting a recipe that uses more zucchini per yeah. loaf? Because if you're baking zucchini bread to use up garden zucchini, and yeah. you realize, oh my goodness, I just made a loaf and used up barely a yeah. tiny portion yeah. of the exactly. zucchini I've already grated. Um, it's so heartbreaking. You're like, I'm going to be here for days. Yeah. But mm-hmm. here's the benefit. I know some people who like to freeze zucchini for later use. One year I got really smart and I didn't freeze zucchini. I freeze zucchini bread. Oh, I just baked. Yes. Like, I baked loaf after loaf yes. after loaf, stuck uh-huh. each finished loaf after it had cooled in a freezer bag. And popped it in the oven, or in the, not in the oven, in the freezer. And we had <laughs> zucchini bread, like, every Sunday morning, all winter. It was amazing. Ooh, Just got yeah. to thaw the loaf the night before, yes. and it was so good. Exactly. Um, Genius. Yeah. Exactly. So I need this wow. recipe next time I have zucchini coming Absolutely. out my ears. You're going to love it. it currently. You're going to love it. One the next thing. time someone drops zucchini in your car window. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I do appreciate about this one, compared with some of the other recipes we've discussed today, you do not have to wring out the zucchini. And in fact, you should not wring out the zucchini because the right moisture on. is a key part of the bread uh, that the zucchini is bringing. Correct. Something I tried this time, which I have not 
because I haven't done loads of baking in my day, I, ha- I haven't gotten to this point until now, but this recipe includes weight measurements as well as volume measurements. So normally what I've been used to in my life in cooking is volume re- measurements. So two cups of flour, two cups of this, a tablespoon of that, things like that. This recipe includes that, but it also includes the weight of the item. It goes so much faster when you are just measuring on a scale because you just mm-hmm. keep adding to the same thing. You're not getting out measuring cup after measuring cup nice. off. You're just spooning it right in there. So it it is a really fast way to do this. So Well, I have uh, never I have never baked by weight, but my mother in law always did. And yeah. she swore by it. Mm-hmm. Of course, she was high altitude. So if you have high, extra mm-hmm. higher low yeah. altitude, it can yeah. be really essential for getting yeah. the ratios just right. right. But right. I'm I'm glad you say that because when I'm ready to take my baking up a level, maybe a scale will be yeah. an essential part of that. Yeah. And I mean, not even just that. It, it also really did make it faster and more convenient, in my opinion. So I was I because I already have a, a kitchen scale. I was surprised at how much how much easier it was. This is a dish that you make in one bowl and <laughs> you need a, a fork and a spatula and those are the only utensils you need for it. So you you mix nice. everything up with a fork and then I did use a spatula to really get all of it out into the into the pan. I baked it up. It baked up beautifully and this is a dish also that is she specifically calls it out in the recipe better the second day. So mm. do your best. Hold yourself back from eating it the first day. It smells amazing. As I sucked down the last uh, bite of zucchini <laughs> bread. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, other ingredients that you could totally consider adding and that I would I would have added if I had it, orange zest. I thought, ooh, I love uh, zest. Mm. I didn't have any oranges, so no zest. Honestly, chocolate chips. Also, if I had had chocolate chips, I probably would have tossed those in. Chopped nuts, which I did have, and I completely forgot that I wanted to add them. So that is just a (laughs) a fail. But, I mean, it is still a delicious, even with just plain straight zucchini bread, it is absolutely delicious as is. So, Did you add nutmeg? Because you said you talked mentioned doubling the cinnamon or or adding extra cinnamon. That's my favorite thing to do is just add anything that calls for cinnamon. Why can't I say cinnamon? (laughs) Anything that calls for cinnamon but doesn't mention nutmeg, I usually Uh sneak the nutmeg in anyway because I love it so much. This one calls for nutmeg, and I used it. Uh, I did not increase it, but I did use it. And it called for, it actually called for fresh grated, which I did. I used fresh Nice. Oh. So, yeah. Fancy. Yeah. So good. One other thing that I'm going to just do because I did, I did a tiny bit of research. In, I was intrigued. This recipe called for both baking powder and baking soda. Interesting. And it made me wonder, mm. what, is, what is the difference? Why would you use one or the other or both? Oh, uh, so small one for biscuits, one for cookies. That's all I think about. Yeah, but in this case, you use them both. So baking soda is sodium bicarbonate. When you mm-hmm. add acid to it, like those old science fair experiments with the volcano, it creates carbon dioxide gas and bubbles up. And that's what makes your food rise, the little bubbles of carbon dioxide in it. That's what makes it rise. Baking powder 
is a mixture of sodium bicarbonate and an acid like cream of tartar, that old ingredient in the spice aisle that I always thought would somehow be creamier. It doesn't taste good at all. <laughs> I suspect it's there specifically from the old days when you didn't have pre-mixed baking powder and instead you had to basically mix your own baking powder of mixing it with baking soda and this cream of tartar. But anyway, that's what baking powder is. It's, it's already mixed up for you and it doesn't, the acid in it doesn't activate until there's heat and liquid. It needs both to fully and that's why you want to always mix it into your flour before you add your wet ingredients, right? Yes, yes. My, my son once was playing around in the kitchen and he was going to bake something and he mixed <laughs> the soda in mm. after everything had gone. It was very, very soapy tasting. Mm. Yeah. Did yeah. not recommend. Right. But, you know, right. we learned. It was a great experiment. Right. And I mean, quantities on this one also are tricky. So... Yes, you already mentioned one is for biscuits and one is for, did you say cookies or did you say cakes? I said cookies. Um, okay, well, baking soda would often be used in things like like cookies. Baking powder would be classically used in biscuits. And here, this is why. Biscuits do have an acid in them already, but you don't want to lose that tang from like a buttermilk biscuit. Mm-hmm. If you use baking soda, it's going to neutralize the acid. And so you need to add a little bit back. Oh. And so, yeah, it's, so it's, it's an interesting little give and take. So often recipes that if they don't have acid in them to begin with, you're going to use a baking powder because it needs the boost of the acid to begin with. If it does have acid in it, then you'll use a baking soda. But if you want some of the tanginess, then you might use both. Um, okay. So anyway, I found it just interesting to learn that. Baking soda alone also sometimes, if you use too much of it, it can have that funny taste. And so <laughs> want to use both of them and that helps cut down on the, the metallic funny taste of it. It's a balancing act as far as quantities go. And again, this is why I usually let the recipe creators figure out all <laughs> <laughs> they can eat the experiments. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this one needed a little bit of that, and and that's a fail. And so I, I I don't personally mess around with trying to to switch those out. Well, I have I have often wondered what the yeah. difference between yeah. baking soda and baking powder are. So thank yeah, you, and you know, for answering. This is a highly <laughs> educational moment. I'm so appreciative <laughs> of this. Last last night as I was making this. I used up, I literally had all, I had barely more than I needed of the baking soda. By the time I got it all out of the container, I, would, I had like a, I don't probably not even an eighth of a teaspoon left. <laughs> so I, and then Elijah came down <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> if I had been short, I would have been Googling like, how can I substitute baking powder for baking soda because I'm short and how much would I need to add to? Anyway, I did not have to do that, but that did, that is what started me wondering about those two ingredients. So that's cool. So, zucchini in so many forms. There are many other recipes out there. Zucchini pie, but there's so many others out there. I would love to know 
What other zucchini recipes, you know, what are your go-tos for using up that zucchini or not even just using it up as if that's a chore, but what do you look forward to when it's zucchini season? You're like, yes, at last, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just go all out with this. So yeah, share, share your recipes, give people new ideas for how they can use up this abundance that shows up in gardens every year at this time in this hemisphere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. These recipes are amazing. They sound so good. Hmm. Does anybody not like zucchini? I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like zucchini. I don't uh, know. My kids. Oh, well, there goes my I know. <laughs> But you know, zucchini bread. They'll eat zucchini yeah, bread. That's true. That's yeah. the go-to. Even if you don't like zucchini, it in. you will like zucchini bread or as many people make it zucchini cake. Because oh. I, I was talking with a coworker and she was telling me about how her mom always made zucchini brownies and mm. her son did not like zucchini and yet did he loved brownies. Hard to say no to a brownie. Sneak yeah. it in. Yeah. Get in. Well, ladies, we would love to hear your favorite ways to make a zucchini recipes. What are you if you if you try a new one this year? Or if there's one that's a staple in your household, we would love to know those. Join our Iron Ladle Challenge in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. And if you have a photograph of a giant monster zucchini, post that too, because <laughs> yes. it is amazing how yes. big those things can get and still be 100% usable. That's They're just remarkable. They're gigantic. It's awesome. Yes, share those pictures and your recipes with us in our Facebook group. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and share your pictures there too. Tag us at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. If you would like to get the Lutheran Ladies Lounge in your inbox or if you're not on social and still want to stay up to date with everything that's happening and get a few special sneak peeks of things that we don't actually post anywhere else, you can join our monthly e-newsletter. You can find out how to do that in the show notes for this episode or you can send an email to Lutheran Ladies at... Wait, it's Lutheran Ladies, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Apparently, we do have COVID brain. I don't actually know. <laughs> I do actually have COVID brain right now. I didn't think I did, but apparently I do. Uh, here we are. Here we are. Okay. Send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org and we'll get you signed up for that e-newsletter. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash lounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm a monstrous thigh-sized squash man. <laughs> <laughs> and is it bad that I'm suddenly feeling hungry? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>